The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Time for the L.A. Lakers season outlook now with Darius Soriano from Forum Blue and Gold. We're sponsored today by MeUndies. Go to MeUndies.com slash Capspace and you can get 20% off free shipping and their 100% satisfaction guarantee at MeUndies.com slash Capspace. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Well, I'm doing just fine. We recorded this after the Lakers got blown out again by the Denver Nuggets. Did not look good even without Nikola Jokic playing Um, Uh, But we will try not to focus too much on that. I I think where I want to start with these guys is just to talk about where they were last year as a team. Obviously, they've made some major additions. uh, But how good were they last year, especially towards the end of the year when they started playing some of the young guys who are still going to be around? Yeah, I think that, so two things. First, end of the year stuff is always a bit fluky. Sure. I think that you feel the same way about this kind of stuff, Them winning five games in a row to, we thought, kill their lottery odds, but didn't. Yes, but but no, the lottery god shined on well on the Lakers again, and I'm sure we'll get to that in in a little bit. But but so you know the end of the year is always fluky. Teams are sort of positioning themselves a certain way. Teams are tanking. They're resting players. Um, playoff teams are looking at seeding and a lot of different stuff. All that said, I thought the team really did start to kind of find a way in which they wanted to play. Um, they were playing a bit faster. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram were really sort of finding their strides towards well towards the end of the year I thought Ingram especially in March had basically his best month of the season and and then that carried in towards the handful of games that they had in April as well and I just think that overall there was a lot more certainty with what the lineups were going to look like each night and the veterans had all been shut down and the young guys just kind of got a chance to go out there and and play their normal games and I thought that that suited them well and I was you know I don't want to say super optimistic but I liked the progression that they were making and I thought that if they were able to keep their lottery pick and and sort of um, have this season be this nice little bridge season into 2018 when they might have some some cap space that that things would that things were looking up basically yeah the thing that I want to focus on from from last year we'll get to some of the individual players to Brandon Ingram someone that I, I've been on your podcast to talk about over the summer but uh, we should reprise some of that discussion here but the big thing was just that the defense was again atrocious really for the third consecutive year uh actually fourth consecutive year they yes. were 27th or lower in points per possession they were 30th the last, last year years. yes they were 30th last year so and well and the season before so that was Byron Scott's last season and then Luke Walton's first season so I don't necessarily think you can just blame coaching there right yeah you can't and it's really you know they just don't have any good defensive players on this roster at least they didn't this year maybe i mean do you think it's any better like if you had to just assess their defensive personnel just in terms of of their physical ability and intelligence where would you put them overall as a defensive unit going into this season i mean i think that if they play to their defensive potential they could be in between 20 and 25 which still is bad you know you're a bottom third defensive team in the league but that would but imagine if they finished 23rd or 24th in in defensive efficiency that's that's quite the jump from being 30th and and 30th by not by a lot but considering that they were 30th the year before as well that that to kind of come out of you know the basement and the very bottom for two consecutive years I think that they can be in that 23rd or 24th range what that means night to night I still think they're going to give up a lot of points um and they've still got defense 
defensive weaknesses for sure, especially relying on young players. Yeah, I mean, if we're not going to count Andrew Bogut as part of the rotation, and there doesn't appear to be much reason to do that at this point. I mean, if you look at this roster, you would say KCP, solid defender of ones and twos. You could say that Luol Deng has a history of being pretty decent. And then maybe Larry Nance is like kind of average at power forward. And everyone else, I mean, there's some guys with some talent. Ingram obviously has the length, for example. Uh, But everyone else really you have to look at as a below average or worse offensive player, especially when you consider how young these guys are still. Ingram, of course, chief among those among the returnees. What do you, so instead of speak, speaking to this right this second, I wanted to get your sense of what you thought about, of what you think about Brooke Lopez defensively. I understand that he's not great in space, but do you think that he's an upgrade from Mozgov defensively? No, I don't think so. And admittedly, I'm not like that much of an expert on how Mozgov played last season. I do, do think that because of the huge contract and the fact that he got shut down pretty early and the fact that their starting lineup was awful, that he maybe gets a little bit of a bad rep. I mean, just watching him, it wasn't like, oh man, this guy looks like a complete stiff out here. He's just not doing anything at all. Like he's he's terrible. I think he's got more mobility than Lopez, probably a little bit more athletic blocking shots at the rim. Um, but they're similar style of players, I think. Yeah. Uh, Lopez, I think, is just a little bit slower trying to get out on shooters and also you know, defending in, in the pick and roll or in the DHO game. No, I would definitely agree with that where i would give the edge to lopez though is that i think he's a smarter defender that he's he's more likely or i should say it this way that he's more likely to be in the right place when he's actually supposed to when i broke down um mozgov's game last year and just sort of looked at at some of the things that he was doing defensively he was out of position more often than what i actually expected him to be based off of his reputation and um when I sort of looked at Brooke Lopez in the same way after the acquisition, I was a bit surprised that he was in the right position more than what I expected him to be. That doesn't, I, we'll see how all of that translates because I think some of the weaknesses that you discussed in terms of playing in space and and how well, and even though he had um, decent shot blocking numbers, how well he can actually protect the rim considering how often the Lakers have given up straight, straight line drives right to the basket we'll see how much all of that translates but um but i actually think that lopez will be a slight upgrade over moskov just from the sort of smarts and well and positioning standpoint i think ingram played a ton of minutes last year i think it was something like 2800 minutes last season and and so i expect him to be a better one-on-one defender this season than than he was last year and we'll see if that accumulation of minutes helps with his off-ball defense. Um, I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a better defender as a rookie than D'Angelo Russell was as a second-year player. I just think that he's more athletic. He's got better defensive instincts. As a help guy, I think I agree with you. Um, Yes. Like, on the ball, I think that he's going to have his very similar warts. You know, he's just a big guard and he can be upright a bit more than what I like. Um, Lonzo's not that physical either. I think that's one thing he really he really needs to improve is just like competing harder and then you know if he kind of gets hit in the mouth a little bit not just like backing down yeah also he tends to die on screens right um and russell was the same way so like you know six of one half a dozen of the other when we're talking about that with both players but but i so i think that overall they've upgraded their defense in the starting lineup and i'm actually a bit encouraged um by julius randall this preseason they've played three game so far um he did get you you know this is a cliche for the offseason um in terms of players getting in shape but Julius Randle actually did get in tremendous shape this offseason and you can see it based off how he's moving around the floor this preseason he is his motor can still run hot and cold but it runs hotter for longer from what I've seen this preseason um and he has the tools to be solidly average I think yes and I think that and this goes to Ingram too that for the Lakers and I think that this is in general not only for Randall and for Ingram but it's translating tools to production um, and I think that that stands defensively as well as offensively but I think really defensively when it comes to Randall and and Ingram Randall's got really good feet and he moves around the floor
floor really well. And no, he doesn't have, you know, crazy long arms or anything, but but his his movement around the floor allows him to to make up space differently, just like Ingram's length allows him to sort of make up space differently, considering he's not, you know, this this freakish athlete that 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 moves so well and, and isn't so quick twitch with his movements. So yeah, so and if Julius, they, I should say, like he I made this observation with regard to Blake Griffin too, and I think those guys have somewhat similar tools, at least on the defensive end, in that denying penetration has become a more important part of your skill set at power forward than protecting the rim. Uh, and I think Julius, not a rim protector, but can move his feet against a lot of guys. Yes, and that's an area where he actually made strides in last year when the Lakers, um, late in games especially, the Lakers started to switch um, a lot more, and this was throughout the season. And and Randall showed some ability in while well, while switching, and I would honestly say much more ability than than Larry Nance, who has a better defensive reputation huh. than Randall. But at the point of attack, I take Randall every day over Larry Nance. Nance certainly has better defensive acumen um, and and talks more on the back line and 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 is a better help defender within the team concept. But in terms of keeping a guy in front of him, give give me Randall. Let's talk about Ingram now. A controversial figure because of the physical tools that he does possess. He looks like he's grown even a little bit since he's coming in the league. Seven three wingspan has a pretty decent skill set. Just lo- looks good out there. But the facts are that he had one of the least effective rookie seasons from a high minute player that we've seen. Forty seven percent true shooting, and that on a pretty low usage too. You know that's always a, a pretty miserable combination when you're a rookie. Uh, even his foul shooting was really bad. Sixty one percent from the line which is he's never been great at that either uh and he looks good out there but then just the ball doesn't go in the basket for him and then on defense you know he's not like the total like blocks and steals guys you would hope with that length Uh, but what's your level of optimism for him coming into this season i mean both we'll start off just saying you know can he be effective this year can he actually help contribute to winning basketball this year and then also your long-term outlook for him so i was optimistic before (laughs) this is going to sound bad i was optimistic before the game started um so brandon ingham really didn't play any summer league he played yeah, he one game one game and he looked good in that one game yes and he looked good in that one game um but you know i think summer league caveats are always real and he's a second year player who played a ton of minutes and so on a certain level you expect him to look good yeah and especially for a player like him too because in summer league there's no one else like him out there physically you know yes they're just they there aren't really nba wings like that's the biggest thing that separates the highest levels of best we see this in international competition too is just having guys who are six seven six eight who are skilled who have good bodies you know six nine six ten even who can play on the wing like those guys don't exist in some no they don't unless they're like super high draft picks like how brandon right. ingram was right and and in this year's draft i can't really think of anyone who who no. fits that mold right it was a lot of point guards in this year's draft and whatnot um so I, brandon ingram put in a lot of work during the offseason i don't think that that's hyperbole or anything like that or or people around the Lakers trying trying to gas him up he's been he's known as as a gym rat um even though his frame is always going to be wispy and and he's never going to bulk up um he, like, he looks stronger and more aggressive looks, it, yes and that started throughout his rookie season but then even in that one summer league game he's, he's even though he's not that strong he's at least going into guys and he got to the foul line at a decent rate yes and and I think that that aggressive mentality serves him well you could tell that he's not a person who shies away from contact even though he is sort sort of um light in the pants a little bit right but what i was looking for once the game started was um was for a shot to go in a little bit more and and through through tuesday's action so not counting wednesday's game and he didn't play wednesday's game anyway he was actually shooting the lowest percentage in summer or in preseason you know a lot of teams had only played one game at that point but he he was he's not shooting the ball well again I think in his first game he went four for 15 and then in the second game he went something like three for nine um so he's shooting the ball poorly through through a couple of games and even though he is aggressive um and this sort of speaks to coaching too he is being put in positions where he's isolating a fair amount and that's actually not where I think he's he's going to be best used even now maybe one day he can be that type of isolation scorer who you can put on you know the mid or or 
shallow block, you know, 18 feet and in, give him the ball and let him triple threat and go get you a basket. But I don't necessarily think that that's his game now, but that's how the Lakers have used him the first couple of games. And it's how they used him during summer league too for, for his single game. So I have not been as impressed with him so far as what I would have hoped to have been coming off of how he ended his rookie season and how he looked in, in his single summer league game. Now, uh, so, so if you had to guess, does he have a, a is he helped the Lakers win games this year or is he you know still someone who's, who's working into being a, a quality contributor? I, I think it's probably somewhere in between those two. I think that he's going to have some some good games that really help the Lakers. I think that he's going to make strides defensively, which would help the team. I think offensively, he's still a work in progress. And for all the talk that Magic Johnson has thrown out there about how he wants Brandon Ingram to lead the Lakers in scoring and that he should be flirting with scoring 20 points a game you you know that would be an amazing leap from where he was as as a rookie and even from where he was in his best month like I said which was March of last year so I think that he could be a like a 15 point scorer on like 42 or 43 percent shoe shooting maybe flirt with like low 50s in true shoe shooting percentage which 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 would be huge from where he was last year how that how 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 much that helps the Lakers I'm not exactly sure I really want to see him play with the full lineup though especially with Brooke Lopez because I think that Lopez is a specific specifically Lopez is going to help Ingram and Ball a fair amount this season and not having him so far in in preseason games it's shown up like I've seen it so yeah and I've been saying this for a long time that especially with a young team with guys who are trying to learn how to create that having a stretch five really can help you and and of course Lopez became that in spectacular fashion last year let's get to Lonzo now everyone can't believe that we waited you want to look good in your underwear and be comfortable right that perfect balance was hard for me to find until I was introduced to me undies they are quite simply the most comfortable pair of underwear that I have ever owned well made from a sustainably sourced naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton me undies will be the most comfortable pair of underwear that you will own as well they have 100% satisfaction guarantee so they back that up if you don't love your first pair, you get a full refund. My fiance, she went from girlfriend to fiance, so clearly the underwear must be working, says that they're definitely her favorite as well. So I think it's pretty clear that great underwear is all you need if you want to find someone to get married to. And you could also impress that significant other with how frugal you're being because you can get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping by going to the URL meundies.com slash capspace. That's a URL slash capspace. We talk about space all the time in the program so that's easy to remember it's even on the back of our shirts once again meundies.com slash cap space you get 20 percent off free shipping and that 100 satisfaction guarantee on the best softest underwear you will ever own meundies.com slash cap space right now 15 minutes in, into the show <laughs> and actually you know what because everyone's waiting we're gonna do a quick read here and we'll be right back talk about lonzo ball with darius soriano okay so how good is lonzo gonna be this year i'll just put it straight to you there i think that he can be a sort of eight eight and six guy you know like the like i think the eight assists would be huge for a rookie um but i also think the lakers are going to play at a pretty pretty good pace i'm not exactly sure how he scores yet um you know if he was to average 10 or 12 points a game i think that would be a big win for him and for the lakers just because so if he progresses through his regular season the way that he progressed at summer league i basically i will be happy so in summer league he really started to score the ball really well because he yeah, started he like to get a 30 a, point game right yes and what what really happened was that he started to get a feel for how defenses were were playing him to pass and so he started to understand then how he was going to score when teams started to play him for the pass more and more um now that's at a summer league level so drop so raise up that level to an nba level where he's facing you know starting caliber players and and elite point guards basically every night who are going to be testing him on both ends of the floor and he may even see some some shooting guards defend him based off the fact that he has really good size that i think that if he can get to 10 or 12 points that would be great i i see it closer to that eight or nine range for him him, his 
for his rookie season. I think he's going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, I think his shot chart is going to look a lot like a Houston Rockets shot chart, basically. And um, but with you know lower volume all all around because I do think that he's going to mainly look to to distribute. His game right now is all about throwing ahead. It's all about looking for the pass, even when he's driving and he has open shots in the paint. I think he's going to kick out a lot, and and so I actually don't see him shooting more than like seven seven to nine field goal attempts a game so if he's scoring nine points on nine shots a game I guess I'd be okay with that yeah I mean yeah when you consider also like true shots maybe throwing free throws but he of course never gets to the foul line too which is part of it yeah I mean people forget that his usage rate at UCLA was below 20 percent part of what made him such an odd player and so you'd expect that that would only go down in his first season in the NBA with all these scoring options that he's going to have around him and defensively I think we know he's going to be bad that's he'll he'll get some steals but I don't anticipate much more than that from him just due to his his physical tools are okay in a straight line I don't know how good he is like moving laterally and then you know just not really a competitor from what we've seen so far on the defensive end definitely shies away from contact and on screen um but I you know it's just going to be fascinating to see whether he is going to be one of these guys who has that effect right who's going to be a really high volume rpm player say volume but a high rpm player offensively even if his individual stats aren't that great and then it's just he's another one of these guys too where i mean julius randall even is kind of in this category as well there's so many guys on this team where it's just like well all right you know they, they got some tools but is their jump shot going to go in or not we don't know yeah that's kind of where where i'm at too what i like about him is that he shoots it with confidence and sure. and so he is not turning down open jump shots and in fact he will hunt jump shots certain times just to sort of i i sort of see it in his face where he's like i haven't taken a shot in a while i'm going to take a step back three this possession and and you you know he's been an aggressive jump shooter pretty much his whole life like i think that that's sort of ingrained in him um even though he's certainly a pass first player he does not shy away from that so so i do anticipate him continuing to shoot his jumper with with confidence whether it's going in or not which i think is a good thing um it, it what i'm looking for for lonzo as well is who can create shots for him um you know the only really other and this is why I was saying that that Brooke Lopez will sort of be important for him is because Lopez is going to be able to space the floor and shoot the ball himself but but Lopez is also a decent enough passer and he draws enough defensive attention where he can sort of be a trigger man in some of the Lakers elbow sets and series yeah. that they run where He's they pass big the big man in the post especially as post up defense centers that get smaller and smaller I mean he, if you throw it down to him He's one of the few guys where you really feel comfortable in his ability to go get a bucket against the his own man who's guarding him in the post these days. Yes, and so I saw some clips from practice um, a couple of days days ago, and he was going up against Avita Zubats, who is you you know he's he's young and he's not he does not have his man strength yet. But Lopez just looked like a horse next to Zubats, and Zubats is not a small dude. You know, Zubats no. he he has he has his own you know nine foot four standing reach and and a really big wingspan seven foot four I think and and he's got tree trunk legs and Brooke Lopez was just pounding in to him and just moving him backwards and and he's going to do that to a lot of guys who are not his size you, you know like when you look around the league few guys are actually as big as Lopez like maybe a guy like Marcus Saul or or uh, or a handful of other centers right DeMarcus Cousins is kind of like that even though he slimmed down but Lopez is going to be able to get you buckets from all over the floor basically mid post pick and pop low post he can really score the he can really score the ball and so when we're talking about Lonzo is who can create shots for Lonzo ball I think that that um that Lopez can do that some I think Julius Randle can do that some especially in transition if he's allowed to sort of grab and go and push the ball the same way that the same way that uh Randle did last year for D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young so so this is where Lonzo can sort of get you know two or three extra shots a game and and quality shots not just shots where he's coming off a screen and yeah. then his 
man goes under and he has to sort of shoot a 25 footer. You know, I'm talking about spot up options where his feet are set and and he's able to get up a good look because those are shots right now that Lonzo Ball can make. All the stuff off for the dribble, that stuff's the work in progress. Yeah, and they're going to need Lonzo to be able to hit shots because you know Ingram probably not really a three point threat at this point. Randall not either. Uh, Larry Nance probably not yet either. Uh, but of course Kyle Kuzma is going to be starting a power forward by the end of the year. So uh, and he's hitting every single shot that he's taken since he graduated or or, or rather left uh, University of Utah. I've been totally surprised by Kyle Kuzma. You you know like I mean these guys who were taken late in the draft. I don't do much research on on any of these guys. Like like so when the Lakers drafted him, I had to go to Draft Express and start to like look at the videos on this kid and and sort of see what they were saying. And, and then so you get a little bit of better idea that he's sort of this all court player who can pass some, who can handle in the open court. Um, but the way that he's being used now at the pro level is not at all the way that he was being used at Utah, um, where he went to college. So all of this is just a huge surprise to me. And, you know, I sort of saw him as this, okay, well, he's this small ball four, but through summer league, which I still think is mostly true, but I, but through summer league and now in, well, into the preseason, his perimeter skills look refined and polished enough that he really looks like he could probably be the backup small forward and get a fair amount of minutes at that position, considering how shallow the Lakers are at the wing. Huh. That's interesting. Well, I mean, what about Luol Deng? Is he just dead? I think that I think that dang so so here's the thing is that the Lakers have a front court depth issue um in that they have too many fours and fives. Yeah, dang and is Dang is a four these days. Yes, and Dang is a four. And so he, so Dang is no longer a wing. That's why and, that signing was so bad to begin with. I mean, among many other reasons, but that was Yeah, yes, because four was already one of their deeper positions when you have Julius Randle and and Larry Nance there. Um and now they've traded for Brooke Lopez and Lopez I imagine that he's going to be in that 26 to 28 minute range. And so there's going to be minutes to be had at center, but they also just signed Andrew Bogut and they have Evita Zubats, who is a second year player. And that, and all those guys are pure seven footers. They are pure fives. There's no, you know, playing these two big lineups and whatnot. And then you've got Nance and Randall, both of whom will probably get some minutes at five during the season. And so where do you play Dang? Do you play him on the wing and sort of get very similar results to what you got last season i hope that's not the plan is he done i mean is he just like there's just no way he can be a decent I, nba player anymore i mean like he dropped off i know really statistically a lot wasn't being played at his best position but i mean i, I wouldn't think I, that he's just like totally no, cooked, no, right no i don't think that he's cooked i think that you when you consider how productive he was as a pure four um with miami in in his last season and then you see how bad he played at mostly small forward with well with the Lakers the only logical conclusion is that he can't be as bad he was just playing out of position so I think if if you could find 12 minutes a game for Luol Deng all at power forward I think that he could be a useful player for the Lakers he'll stretch the floor he'll sit in the corners you know he might run some pick and pop or or some um some slip screen action where where he sort of does that Luol Deng cut and and something that Anton Jameson did a ton too which is sort of slip screens and get into the paint um i think that he can be a useful offensive rebounder because he's very shifty along the baseline and 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 he knows how to work the glass but there's just a numbers problem and honestly the lakers are gonna need kuzma's shooting and so if if it's real if it's yeah but i think it is i mean he just i think it is so confidently but you know he shot threes one year at utah and he shot like 35 percent or something as i recall it uh but yeah i mean he just the shot the ball's just going in for him. I mean, and, and they're going to need that shooting at the four so much. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe he ends up playing more than uh, Randall, or especially because Randall is probably gone after this year, uh, and more even than Nance as well, just to get some more offense on the floor. Although I think he's going to be horrendous defensively, but you know, yeah, can be good on defense anyway. It'll be interesting to me to see where Kuzma plays because he needs to play. Um, you know, through I know preseason is a small sample and whatnot. Um, he and scored over twenty points all three games on the preseason season right 
or close yes. to it and very efficiently. And he was doing the same at Summer League. And his jumper, so here's the thing, is that his jumper actually, the motion of his jumper actually reminds me a fair amount of Clay Thompson's. It's very compact and his release is very quick. But when I'm looking at him shoot his jumper, I'm not always just looking at that. I'm looking at, at his feet. And he knows how to get his feet set. And, you know, coming off, I've seen him do it coming off screens. I've seen him do it coming off, well, off of the dribble. He does it as as a spot-up shooter. He just knows how to sort of get his body into position where he's balanced and where he can elevate and, and get that quick shot off. And honestly, to this point, whatever questions, every time I say, well, I have this question about Kuzma. Can he actually yeah. do this? He answers it. Yeah. He answers it affirmatively. And so, so far, we'll see. So, we'll see so against far. real NBA players. But yeah, it's, I mean, he, he's exactly. paced every test so far, to be sure. Exactly. And, and to be fair, look, I'm not trying to throw Kuzma in to the starting lineup at this point where he has, you know, brutal matchups at power forward or on the wing every single night. Um, but as this sort of uh, like forward version of Gilbert Arenas, right, <laughs> where where you sort of just tell him to come off the bench and and be aggressive and attack and and go out there and just play his natural game. I think that he can be um, impactful in that role, you know, not necessarily an impact player, but but have an impact during his minutes and, you know, not change the course of a game or anything like that. But but because I'm still trying to 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 keep expectations at at a reasonable level with this kid. But but like I said, it's his skill set intrigues me a fair amount. And and he's he's showing now that he deserves minutes, whereas coming off of some summer league, it was very easy to say it's only summer league. And sure, now you can say it's only preseason, but the sample size is only getting bigger and his game looks exactly the same. And when that's the case, you know, okay, well, let's see how far this train can go. In the backcourt, Ball and and Caldwell Pope slated to start, obviously. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, another guy who was supposed to be one of these young guys, really disappointed, I think, for a lot of people last year, didn't take a step forward. Uh, And then Tyler Ennis, who had a really nice run at the end of the season. They signed him this year to what I thought was a total bargain contract, and they're going to have bird rights on him as well at the end of that. So how do you see the backup guard minutes being played out between uh, Ennis and Clarkson? Is Ennis going to come off, you know, be the fourth guy and Clarkson will play at both guard spots, or do you think it'll be backup one, backup two with those guys? It looks like it's going to be backup one and backup two, and honestly, um, I'm hoping that Clarkson plays well enough to sort of steal some point guard minutes, Um, but his game looks exactly the same this year as last year. He's making a few more passes. Um, He's throwing ahead a little bit more, which is, you know, clearly kind of what the coaches are asking but you know he's he still pounds the air out of the ball a fair amount in the half court um every time he has the ball at the top of the key he's not necessarily looking to move the ball on he's waving up his big man to come and set set a screen um you know i'd like to see clarkson actually get some minutes with lonzo because i think that lonzo's the type of player who can actually maybe get clarkson a few more open shots and 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 throw the ball to him where he's got a head of steam going which is when Clarkson is at his best sort of creating in space and slashing um and 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 getting momentum without the ball first because I think that it's been too ingrained in him the last couple of years that he needs to do that stuff with the ball so but the way it looks now Ennis looks like a viable backup point guard a pure backup though like I'm not trying to have Ennis start any games or anything like that he's just not good enough but I think you know if Lonzo's gonna play 30 to 32 minutes a game and I think that Ennis can play you know 12 to 14 minutes a game and then maybe Clarkson gets another handful of minutes at point guard or they let Ingram handle the ball or they do whatever right they just sort of makeshift these lineups but that's kind of what it looks like to me and honestly I'm not exactly sure if Clarkson is long for this team either the Lakers are trying to create two max two two max salary slots and there's only a, a few ways to make that happen um and yeah. Dang and Clarkson are the Dang ones that most the people yes. have been targeting for that whole time. I mean, they're, they're at 47 million if they move on from uh, Randall. And so to get to 65 million, uh, which is what they would need probably for LeBron and Paul George, you know, Dang probably 
almost gets him there on his own, depending on where the cap falls or Clarkson mm -hmm. and some other flotsam is what it's got to be. Yeah, like, I mean, Clarkson. So here's the thing is that Randall's cap hold and Clarkson's salary next year are basically the same. Yeah. I think in an ideal world, the Lakers would prefer to, would love to be able to trade Clarkson and find a way to trade Dang and then probably keep Randall's cap hold on the books, th like into free agency and then see where things go. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think that that would be their ideal plan. And we've, we had um, LA Times reporter Tan Tanya Ganguly on, on our podcast, the Laker Film Room podcast that, that, that I do. And she said um, very early during the summer that the Lakers are fairly confident that they can trade Jordan Clarkson, which basically, good luck. yes, I that was my exact thinking as well. But considering Palinka's ties around the league as an agent, um, I'm, I'm guessing they've done some reconnaissance on this, but yes, good luck without, I think that, you know, Randall's probably the only guy they could trade straight up. And even then the return is probably going to be low based off of the fact that he's going into restricted free agency. The way that I see it is at this point, Clarkson and Dang are going to need something attached to them. Dang a lot and Clarkson maybe a little bit less. I don't know what the Lakers are willing to do in that regard. Yeah, I think that that all makes sense. By the way, Tyler Ennis only played 392 minutes with the Lakers, but shot 39% on threes uh, on only 54 attempts and had a 5.4 net rating. They actually defended with him on the floor. Uh, yes. 100 defensive rating. Again, lots of flukiness there, but his defense, not that he's entirely responsible for that number, but his defense really impressed me a lot and is the confidence that he showed shooting. And those are two of the things that I really was like, well, hey, what does this guy do when he was coming out of school? And he really has improved, I thought, a lot. And maybe he can continue to get to that point uh what do you think the crunch time lineup is going to be uh for coach luke walt i think it's going to be uh ball lopez ingram uh kcp and then pro i think it's probably going to be the starting group because that's their best five players yeah I, I could imagine um there may be games where they where they close small with maybe um depending on how well kyle kuzma plays where maybe there's a front court with ingram and kuzma and randall playing center or maybe they they swap out Randall for Lopez um but I think that Ball and KCP are pretty much locks to close every game uh, and that then it'll probably be a like this cycle between Randall and you know like I said Kuz, Kuzma is likely gun, gonna be in the mix there just because of his shooting and well and Lopez and Ingram is gonna be in the game I just don't see how that's not right. the case even though you could probably make the argument that right now today that Kyle Kuzma is better than him. I mean, right now today, Luol Deng might still be the best four on this roster. Like, it's possible that it, like, who can actually defend, maybe hit an open shot if he gets a little bit more. I'm not saying that's the case for sure. Sure. But it, I, I think it's possible and that, you know, maybe if they're trying to win games, especially because they don't have their draft pick this year. And I think winning games is going to be more important to this team than in the past because they want to actually not look like, hey, we're a 23-win team and we're just worlds away from being decent when you're trying to lure free agents i think it actually matters to get to you know 32 wins or or yeah you know, i think that's their over under the upside of this team is yeah yeah i i so i think their over under is 32 and i think that if you were to ask around the team they're probably thinking that they need to be at 35 or so like that they need to hit the over on that in order to look desirable enough so that they can actually be um a destination for some of these guys i know there's a lot of smoke when when it comes to these names there's smoke with Paul George, there's, you know, some smoke with LeBron James even. So I'm not sure how much of that stuff is real or not. The George stuff seems pretty real. The LeBron stuff I'm much more skeptical on, but you never know. And so, but I don't think that either of those guys are going to come to another 25 win team, even if they're doing it together. Yeah, it, And maybe, maybe they win 25 games, but like Lonzo and Ingram look awesome, but they just suck so bad defensively. But at least like those guys look good, you know, maybe that maybe that's what what uh what could end up happening perhaps as well um all right what, what do you see as the strengths of this team you know i was thinking about this actually earlier today and and i'm not exactly sure which is a tough thing to to like pinpoint with them there's been so much roster turning over and i haven't yet seen brooke lopez play at all so i would want to say that they're going to be a fast-paced team that they're going to be able to score the ball well but until I actually see how
how some of these guys fit fit together offensively with Lopez sort sort of being um, at least if not the anchor, then one of the pillars for this team offensively. I'm not exactly sure if that's actually true because their offense, the first few pre preseason games, has not inspired at all. Um, but you yeah. throw in a player of Lopez's quality, and that can change just based off of his based off of his specific skill set. If if he was just this plotting big man who just all he did was post up, then I'd probably have a better idea about what this team would look like. But when you have um, a big man who can stretch to three the way that he can and run pick and pops, and you know he hit as many threes last year as D'Angelo Russell did. So you're adding a real perimeter threat as as a big man, and and you and I both know how much of a difference that makes for guard penetration, how much of a difference that can make for a player like Julius Randle, who who you know he still wants to put his head down and well and get to the rim, and you can't do that when there's when you're not only playing against fours who are likely as big as you but longer, and then running into typically another big man who's backing that guy up. So so I mean there there's lots of things at play here that 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 Lopez can can impact and really help this team sort of um, become sort of greater than the sum of its parts if if all things line will will line up. But projecting them out, I do think that they're going to really play fast and that they're really going to be able to score the ball. It's just that when you look at the flip side in terms of what their weaknesses are, I mean, defense is going to be one of them again. And and so you're just going to have to see how well how that all lines up and if they're able to run as much as they'd like to if they're taking the ball out out of the net so much. I think potentially passing could be a strength with Lonzo. I think Ingram uh, has shown some passing ability in his career. Randall actually maybe an underrated passer at this point. Mm-hmm. And then you also just say strength bully ball, you know, with Lopez and Randall. I think those are both guys who can just attack their men with their back to the basket. Randall will face up sometimes, but he'll he'll go through his defender, I think. But yeah, you know, I don't see this being an above average shooting team. Uh, they're probably going to turn it over a fair amount. They're probably going to foul a lot uh, yeah you know, they might be okay on the boards yeah I was gonna say that too that I think that they can be a good rebounding team Randall is one of the better uh defensive rebounders in well in the league and I don't think that that's just a product of of him being like this rebound thief um I think that he is a good out of area rebounder and that he really does chase um Lonzo I think immediately coming into the league I think he's gonna be one of the better rebounding point guards that that you find I, I would I would be surprised if he's if he's you know under four well four rebounds a game and I think that he could average as many as six like he's just sort of that that type of nose for the ball type type yeah. of player and um, Lopez is a good box out guy I think yes. he helps the numbers of some of the other players yeah and, and I think you know shooting's not going to be a strength I don't think you know they traded like they lost Nick Young they traded away Lou Williams they lost yeah. Angel Russell so so they, I, they don't I, have anyone returning who had higher other than Ennis who shot better than 35% three last year yeah so and they had some guys who like pretty much everyone was like 32% or below Ingram was well below 30% even like Clarkson was like 32 so they really it's going to be a struggle for them I think to find and and KCP is a good volume guy but you know hasn't quite yet been able to really hit it at a huge rate yeah well you you know Kyle Kuzma is going to shoot like 50% from three right so Typically um, measured Lakers fan <laughs> production there. No, no, sure, sure. Um, so, but I do think that they're going to take a, a fair amount of threes. And it's going to be interesting to me how the pace that the team wants to play at and how um, how that matters night to night during the regular season. Um, I think you know as well as I that, that you know, that they always talk about the LA nightlife being, you know, one of LA's best players. Um, yeah. But... I also think that if you go from playing, you know, a random game in the Midwest or wherever, and then you fly into Los Angeles and then you have to play a Lakers team that is going to probably average, you know, 104, 105 possessions a game, um, they're going to be, I would be surprised if if they're not right there with like Houston as as being the fastest paced team, team in the league. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if they're the fastest paced team 
team in the league next year. And it's an adjustment. Even though the league is trending that way, it's still an adjustment to come in and 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 sort of um, put your speed shoes on and, and play at that pace. Now, we'll see how that translates to wins if it does at, at all. But I think that if the Lakers are competitive um, and play hard, that, that they might sneak out a few wins that they wouldn't norm- will, will, will normally get just based off of style and tempo. Yeah, a few other weaknesses. I mean, I think just the, the defense in general, you know, they don't have anybody who projects as a stopper on the wing. They have a lot of weak links. Pick and roll defense, I think conventional pick and roll defense with Lopez, they're going to be pretty slow. Uh, I don't see them getting to the foul line hardly at all. I mean, they were really low in that last year. They added Lonzo. Lopez doesn't do that quite as much anymore. Really, the main guy you would say is Randall who gets to the foul line. Everyone else, you know, they don't have any vets who kind of know all the tricks either. So, I don't see them getting to the foul line very much uh they're gonna turn it over a ton we said that already uh and then the shooting is questionable uh but lopez I mean, if they didn't have lopez we'd be really worried uh so they're gonna be very reliant on him to space the floor and that not having other shooting around him could be a big issue when he tries to post up yeah it'll be it'll be fun to see how so we were talking about how much um lopez's spacing can can help randall i'm interested in seeing if randall Randall's lack of spacing is going to hinder Lopez. And yeah. if it does, how much? Um, yeah. You you know, Lopez is, I think, a good enough passer where if teams are shading his way or sort of throwing um, unconventional help, he's also a veteran enough and, and he's seen enough sort of double teams and defensive schemes in his career that I don't expect him to make a, a, a lot of mistakes. Or I also, and I do expect him to be able to read defense as well. So so I'm not as necessarily concerned about you know turnovers or things like that, but will it um, will it put a, a a cap on on his individual shot creation in a way that um, that that hinders the his 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 own scoring output, which then sort of um, creates this drag on what the Lakers want want to do offensively as well. Yeah, you know, Lopez does have a really nice floater game, one of the best in the NBA when he comes off the pick and roll and rolls the basket if there's someone waiting under the rim for him uh let's get to predictions now uh, i will go first to give you a little context 26 and 56 a year ago uh had the point differential of a 24 win team uh which they were way above their point differential early in the year when they had that 10 and 10 start and then uh, really dropped off because you know they're getting blown out so often late and you would say oh they added kcp they added brooke lopez lonzo maybe he can be better than d'angelo russell was last year everyone else is older you know they're over under i had it at 33 and a half at least when i looked at it about a month ago so that seems kind of reasonable and then a couple of things come to mind for me one is nick young was actually very effective for them last year lou williams was extremely effective for them last year he was their best player until he got traded at the trade deadline and so you're you have to consider that those guys helped them get a lot of those 26 wins and they're not on the team anymore and so that's a part of it so and even russell was somewhat helpful even though you know wasn't a winning player in, in his second year so and then i i also just i think the defense is just going to continue to suck I, i'm i think it's you know maybe not a bottom two unit but i would be surprised if they escape the bottom five you know kcp maybe ingram comes around a little bit but there's just not much else there lonzo isn't going to be much good so and just a, a lot of backup guys young guys and you know luke coaches okay but wasn't able to get them to defend last year i don't think that's really going to change this year year so i think i'm going to go with 29 wins for this group and you know it could end up being higher than that i think they do have some upside uh, but especially because lopez you know he could get hurry maybe he's just not going to play that many minutes uh they're going to go maybe with more of the young guys that they're kind of out of it late so all those are reasons why i think i'm going to go with 29 i'm going to go with 32 which is still banging the under a little bit yeah. um you you know i think i i can't recall if this is the third or the fourth year that i've done this pod with you i think the every other year year. third year yeah so the previous two years i think i've taken the over and regretted it 
Uh, no, you know, last year actually last you were year closer I than I yes, was. Yeah. Last year you predicted 28 and I predicted 23. I sure. was looking real golden on that until they won five in a row at, <laughs> yes. at the end of the year. Uh, Danny and I, we both lost when we bet their under. I think their under was like 24 and a half or something last year. And we were like, yeah, fuck that. We're counting it as a win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, because that five-game win streak is like one of the more ridiculous things that's happened. Uh, I mean, and they've even beat some teams that were trying down the end there too. Uh, all right, so I am at 29 and you are at 32 wins uh, for yes. this group this season um I mean, any more you want to add in your rationale for why you think that's the number no i just think that um i think a lot of times with these predictions we think of like sort of best case scenario i think if sure. they do their best case scenario they'll they'll hit the over and like they probably will be in that 34 to 36 win range um but just like you said there's just a lot every single year with every single nba team there's just a lot that can go wrong unless you're like the warriors um it, and, and actually you you mentioned that the best the the best case scenario which i i think that's right like i think you know 36 maybe 37 yeah could be the absolute best case but see you know if their over under was 33 and a half and you're saying the best case is three and a half wins more than that then you know what you probably should be you, a little bit lower and there's always a downside i mean there's yes. always the downside that these young guys are just not gonna be any good you know yeah and or just like you said like an injury or you so and and I'm going to knock on wood. I'm doing it right now. Maybe you could hear that. Um, imagine if Lonzo Ball misses 10 games this season. You know, he turned an ankle the other night. I think they sat him um, in this second yeah, Nuggets he, game. He's been a little fragile. He's had like a lot of kind of these you know, little, little nagging injuries little, so far. Little calf thing or a hamstring yeah. in college, right? And, and, and so he is going to be so important to what they want to do. We just talked about Tyler Ennis a fair amount, and we both agreed that he is a pure backup. And so if you don't even have have a third guard who you can really count on as basically a third starter most most good teams have a third guard who who can fill in as a starter I think the Lakers had that last year with Lou Williams they could have started Lou Williams and and he is he is based off how he played last season he was a starting caliber player they do not have that this year you can maybe say Clarkson but I'm not as high on Clarkson um I find him useful in several ways but I think the negatives are creeping above the positives at this point when when it comes to his overall game and 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 so if if anything goes wrong with any of these core players ball lopez um kcp although he never gets hurt yeah they're that's going to be a problem and 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 will certainly impact their win total and when we're talking about a team with an over under of 33 and a half anything that impacts their win total because of injuries or things like that that's going to push their win total down a fair amount because those guys are so important yeah I, I had 23 as my worst case scenario I mean just I mean if, if Ingram just plays the way he, close to what he did last year I mean Ball is a rookie you know I think people are assuming that he's going to be the rare rookie who at least on offense is a positive player I also I think I agree with you both the nagging injuries and just I don't see them playing him that many minutes you know I think he's going to average under 30 minutes a game this year even if he is good because they, they just kind of want to you know ease him into things and sure. just not not burn him out uh, that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think that he'll probably be over 30, but I mean, even then, it's just like, there's still, there's still just so many variables, man, with like a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, so so what's your worst case scenario wins-wise? Oh, my worst case is probably right around where, where they were last year, like, like 28, 27 wins, which is basically stagnant, which would be yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, three, three game improvement, maybe. Uh, but I mean, they gave up a lot of, a lot of players and I mean, it's still going to be playing playing a lot of young guys uh all right i think that'll do it thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, where can we follow your work that and uh that laker film room podcast you guys are doing yeah so you can find me at forumblueandgold.com um and you can and you know we're, we're really trying to grow the site this year so check us out we're we're pumping out a lot of stuff and trying to provide the best coverage that 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 we can we've got someone uh going to lakers practices and shoe shoot around so we're really trying to do a lot there um and then you can find us as well at uh the laker film room pod podcast we're on we're on itunes subscribe and rate and review um i think that you'd like um your crew especially nate i think that your listeners would would sort of really like the the in-depth take that we have on the lakers we're really talking basketball analysis
analysis and and everything that's going yeah. around with the team. Nobody watches more Lakers film probably than uh, than Pete Zayas does. And if you want to get started with Darius's podcast, too, uh, the, the episode I did with them, I think it was about two months ago, where we really got into talking about some of their young guys, uh, was uh, a lot of fun. So that's uh, maybe you'll like that one if you haven't listened to that yet. Um, all right, that'll do it uh, for today. Don't forget about our sponsor, MeUndies. Use that slash cap space URL to get twenty percent off your order at MeUndies.com slash Catspace. Talk to y'all next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.